Hi, this is Pastor Bobby Andy, and today is number two in my series called The Healing Lamb. We're going to talk about where does sickness come from, which tells us where healing comes from. Sickness comes from Satan. Healing comes from God. With that simple thing in mind, I'm going to be give, ministering to you today. At the end of the broadcast, I'll be praying for those who are sick. Let's go to the Word of God together and experience the power of the Holy Spirit. For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and study the Word of God with Bob Yandian. Hello, this is Pastor Bob Yandian. Welcome back to Student of the Word. Glad to have you here today. On the last broadcast, I started a series called The Healing Lamb. We're taking a look at Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, that not only, as John the Baptist said, takes away the sin of the world, he also takes away the sickness of the world. The Feast of Passover was introduced in the Old Testament before the children of Israel crossed over the Red Sea and entered into the wilderness headed for the Promised Land. But when they did, they started out by having the first Passover, which they had to have a Passover lamb. But we're told that whenever they left the nation, they not only left with all their sins forgiven, but next of all, it says there was not a sick one among them. There was not a feeble one among them. They left with perfect health. That's because the healing lamb also spoke not only of redemption from sins, that type of healing spiritual, but also natural healing too. And so when you come back to the work of Jesus on the cross, we ran across so many scriptures talking about the fact himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses and by his stripes we were healed, pointing to the work of the cross that secondarily, primarily, the great thing that happened when Jesus went to the cross, he took care of our sins. That one is eternal. But also he took care of our sicknesses and diseases. And of course, those are temporary. But God will work a temporary miracle in you to bless you so much you want to receive him as Lord and Savior. And that's mainly what the healing ministry of Jesus was was an open display of his glory and power so that he could also save you. That's why he went around healing everyone that was sick, every person that was sick of every kind of disease to also represent that he wants to save everybody no matter how bad your sin is. Romans 5.12 tells us this, so as by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin, so death passed upon all men for that all have sinned. We lost everything through the fall. We lost righteousness. We lost financial blessing. Our health also went down the tubes. Both spiritual and physical death passed on all men at Adam's fall. Jesus died for both our spiritual and natural man, eternal life, and a future resurrection body one day. And sickness is a result of the fall. It's kind of a form of physical death. When physical death set in, then many agents to aid that and speed it up were added to where sickness and disease came into man's uh, being and also dominated man's future yet to come. So Jesus not only went to the cross for our sin, he also went to the cross for our sicknesses. And this is borne out in so many verses of scripture, who forgives all of our iniquities, who heals all of our diseases. Is there any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. The prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. So sickness was not in Adam or Eve before the fall, nor will they be in our resurrection body after we die and receive that resurrection body. So today we're going to take a look at it. Where does sickness really come from? While you're finding Acts chapter 8, we're going to take a look at verse 38. I want to remind you that we are uh, teaching out of my book called The Grace of Healing. And the reason why I wrote this is so many books that I have read through the years, incredible books, I mean, just taught me so well, but they taught it from the side of man and they talked about our faith that we need for healing. But I stopped to think about one day that really 
Faith has nothing to receive without God's grace first. I like to think of it this way. Grace is God's full hand reaching out to you and in it is everything that pertains to life and godliness. But then on the other hand, our uh, faith is our empty hand reaching out to receive everything that's in God's hand of grace. Without grace, there is nothing for faith to receive. And so that's why I taught on this one. In this book, I take up healing from the side of God himself. And it's gonna be a great blessing for you. And the announcer will come on at halftime and tell you how you can have a copy of it for yourself. Let's take a look here at Acts chapter 10. And let's take a look at verse 38, wonderful verse of scripture. And Peter now is reflecting back on the healing ministry of Jesus and says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. I wanna throw out something real quick right here. People often teach today that the reason why Jesus healed was because he's God and he healed because he was deity. And so we can't heal the people because we're not deity. That's not what this verse says. I want you to remember something. Jesus did not heal anybody until he had been baptized in the River Jordan. And that's when the Holy Spirit came upon him. And Jesus told his disciples, as the Holy Spirit came on me, he's gonna come on you. Go to the upper room, wait for him, and you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit's come upon you. That's what happened to Jesus. But I want you to notice something here. It doesn't say how God anointed Christ of heaven. It says how God anointed Jesus from Nazareth. Listen, Humanity came from Nazareth, not deity. In fact, deity didn't come from anywhere. It's always been here. But Jesus' humanity came from Nazareth. And listen, if God could anoint Jesus of Nazareth, he can anoint Bob of Tulsa. He can anoint, you know, uh, Bill of, of Nazareth, Pennsylvania. I mean, you go down the list of places that where that are in, you know, the countries and worlds, God can anoint anybody who just opens up to him and they receive his power. Then God wants to work through them to heal all diseases, all that are oppressed of the devil. Notice again how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. This is healing power. Who went about doing good and healing all. There it is. He healed all who were oppressed of the devil. This tells us where sickness came from. Adam and Eve had no sickness until after the fall and Satan introduced the curse and they got and they had sickness come upon them. And from then on, it's been sickness has been in this world. So all sickness comes from Satan and can be traced back to him, but it came into mankind at the fall. And since all there was was to people there, everyone born from Adam and Eve are born under that curse. We are born under the curse that happened when Adam and Eve sinned and passed on to all mankind. And the Bible tells us as by one man, sin entered into the world then death by sin. Luke chapter 13 and verse 16 said, Jesus is speaking here about the woman that was gonna be healed. Should not this woman being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound for these 18 years, be loose from this bond on the Sabbath day? And so we have a representation here again of what Jesus did on the cross, brought out here on the Sabbath day. And it says that Satan had bound her for 18 years. Jesus again gives the credit for sin and for sickness coming from Satan himself and redemption for both coming from himself. Luke chapter 10 and verse 19, Jesus told his disciples, I give unto you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions. Uh, serpents and scorpions simply means large demons and small demons. Serpents are large demons and scorpions are small demons. In other words, there's not a demon that can come against you when you exercise your authority 
to tread on them in the name of Jesus. He says, then over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. First John chapter three and verse eight, for this purpose was the son of God manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil. Say, see right there, it says God, was, he was the son of God. Yes, it does, but I want you to notice what it says. For this purpose was the son of God manifest. Manifest is his humanity. He's always been the son of God forever and forever and forever and without any beginning, he's eternally the son of God past and eternally the son of God into the future. But there was a day when the son of God, the deity became manifested in a human being. So 1 John 3, 8 is talking about his humanity. For this purpose was the son of God manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. The one that destroyed the works of the devil is the humanity of the Lord Jesus Christ. It wasn't deity that went to the cross. How do you kill deity? How do you drive a nail through God? How does God die? How does eternal life die? We can go down the list of all the things that deity has and death is contradicted by every one of them. It was impossible for deity to die, but Jesus didn't come here as deity to die. He came as a human being. The son of God was manifested in a human body, starting out in the manger, growing up and finally becoming the full grown man for three years, showed himself and demonstrated himself then went to the cross. And even the angel said, we know that you're seeking Jesus who was crucified, not Christ. Jesus, the humanity of him, but he was a perfect humanity, never sinned, came into this earth without the imputation of Adam's sin, lived a perfect life in this earth. And so was therefore qualified to take our sin and our sicknesses to the cross and undo what Satan had done in the garden to the first Adam. Now Jesus as the last Adam came and brings it all back around for us and now offers it as a free gift, first of all, by accepting Jesus as our Lord and Savior, then next of all, accepting the power and the infilling of the Holy Spirit. You shall receive power after the Holy Spirit came upon you. And now he says in 1 John 3, 8 again, for this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. So some sicknesses directly come from Satan and from demons, but some sicknesses come from the curse that Satan introduced into this earth through Adam. Some sicknesses come directly from Satan and demons. Some come from the curse he introduced. Again, emphasizing the fact that we are in this earth and we need to understand that no matter what it was, if, if we if there's a demonic force in a person working or if it's just a sickness in this earth that was introduced and into the to the course of this earth, introduced into the, the course around us, you know, nature around us, then we have the power over it because the ultimate source of whether it's a demon or just a sickness coming into a body, it ultimately came from Satan himself. God's anointing. When Jesus was anointed, and we're anointed too, that anointing comes on us and we're filled with the Holy Spirit. God's anointing is designed by God to break every yoke. Isaiah 10, 27 says, the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. Let me tell you what the anointing is. The anointing is the presence of the Holy Spirit. Now we have the Holy Spirit living in us, but that presence of the Holy Spirit comes upon us when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, that tangible anointing of God. You've been around it. You've seen it. There's times when your pastor is preaching. I mean, he really gets going off. So you can sense the presence of the Holy Spirit and especially praise and worship. There's certain songs. And when the hearts are right that are singing it in praise and worship, you can sense the presence of God. And you go, man, it's like, whoa, this is, this is strange. What is this? It's the presence of God. This is not just the presence of God that lives in us. It's the presence of God that comes upon us. 
And like I said, that can happen in a praise and worship service where the hearts of the praise and worship leaders are in tune with God. They're not there for their own personal glory, not there just to sound good. They're there to actually bring an entire congregation into the presence of God. And that's when they talk about the anointing. And Isaiah 10, 27 says, the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. The yoke that destroyed is first of all, when you accept Jesus as Lord and Savior, that, uh, that yoke is destroyed of sin that controls you all this time and now you are a child of God and no longer dominated by sin. The next thing that happens is you can be healed by the power of God and actually sense the presence of God. I love to be in prayer lines to where we're praying for people. They come up with just simple faith. All they're saying is, Lord, I'm just gonna receive what you have for me. I tell people, don't try to figure it out. It's too complicated to try to figure out God's plan, how much power it takes, whatever sickness, disease, I just accept it. Jesus told uh, the uh, men that came and, and whenever uh, he said, and you go talk to John the Baptist who is, who is in prison and uh, you tell him that the blind receive their sight. I'm not going to see him personally. You just tell him all the things are going on and tell him the blind receive their sight. What a key word. They receive their sight. If you're sick today, I'm going to pray for you at the end of the broadcast. I simply want you to receive God's anointing, his Holy Spirit presence. It's in this room right now where I'm teaching it. It's gonna be there in the room where you are as you listen to it. So again, we'll come back from the break here. And when we do, we'll continue on with this, but I'm gonna pray for you at the end of the broadcast. See you right after the break. How much faith do I need to be healed? In The Grace of Healing, Bob Yandian answers this question and reveals the missing ingredient to the healing you've been praying for, grace. Throughout church history, the doctrines of grace and faith have been taken to separate extremes as they relate to healing. The result is that many believers struggle to receive healing from God. Those on the side of grace deny the need for faith, believing that God only heals a select few. For those who only see a need for faith, the pursuit of healing becomes a legalistic struggle to change God's mind. Pastor Bob takes a different approach. With practical biblical teaching, that balances both elements of grace and faith. You'll find the healing you've been waiting for when you find the missing ingredient of grace. To order The Grace of Healing, visit bobyendian.com. Basic doctrines are not difficult, but easy to understand. They often become disguised as complicated or deep sounding words, but the definitions are simple. Pastor Bob makes complex theological concepts clear and practical. Eight crucial doctrines of the Christian faith are demystified. Redemption, justification, sanctification, reconciliation, predestination, election, propitiation, and glorification. These eight precepts, essential for all believers to understand, come to light as you read and arrive at a deeper understanding of the finished work of Jesus Christ. To order Theology Simplified, visit our website at bobyandian.com. Bob Yandian Ministries is training up a new generation in the Word of God. Because of your generosity, this teaching ministry is able to change countless lives. You will never know until you get to heaven how many people received Jesus, were filled with the Holy Spirit, healed or found God's will for their life through your support and prayers. If you would like to become a partner with Bob Yandian, visit bobyandian.com and click on Partnership. 
I get letters throughout the week here at Bobby Andean Ministries, and I'm just to pinpoint a couple of them. I had one young man that wrote in and said he was watching the broadcast, had a friend with him, and the friend asked him to watch the broadcast. At the end of the broadcast, he received Jesus as Savior. I gave an invitation simply, and this man prayed the prayer with me, and he received Jesus as Lord and Savior. You know what? That's worth every broadcast. That's worth all the money we spend on this broadcast. I don't think you can put a cost on one soul, on one person that receives Jesus as Lord and Savior. Uh, I remember when minister spoke one time, he said that the Lord sent him to uh, to uh, go to Israel. He says he, he and his wife went there and he said, you know, they flew all that way and, and they got there. They were in a hotel and he says, okay, Lord, what am I here for? He expected that when he landed, maybe somebody knew. He said he had no inkling in him, not even the slightest push to call people, arrange a meeting. He was just there and he said, so his wife, just, they just started walking through the city of Jerusalem and were looking at things and all that. And he says, they went to a little small coffee shop near their hotel and a young girl came out, could speak pretty good English and spoke to them. And he said, he talked to her for, you know, she'd bring the coffee, he would talk to her. She'd come back and refill the coffee, talk to her. And he said, she ended up staying with him for about 15 minutes. And by the end of the 15 minutes, tears were running down her face and she accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And he said, it was so wonderful. They were back in the room going, well, Lord, why did you call us here? Why? And he went down the list of things. He said, the Lord finally spoke to him, said, that girl. He said, what do you mean that girl? He said, you flew me all the way from America over here to Israel to lead that one little girl to the Lord. He said, yes. He said, why? He says, you were the perfect one for her. And he said, Lord, you know how much this cost? And the Lord spoke to him. He said, don't you think she was worth it? And he said, he just stopped and thought about it. There's no money amount you could put on one person being born again. So for you that get, contribute to this broadcast, I want you to know it's working. There's people getting saved. Also, I had one just the other day, and I have these all the time. Uh, people got healed watching the broadcast. At the end of the broadcast, you know, I, I shut the broadcast down, but they said, Lord, he was speaking on healing. And he may not be praying for people at the end of this broadcast, but Lord, I received, you know, healing. So they said they received, and one man wrote to me and told me about the healing that he received in his body that doctors couldn't fix it, but he got healed. He said it was completely gone. And what a wonderful thing it was. You know what? What I'm simply saying is this. It's not only the power of God and the calling of God on me, but it's you that are helping me. And maybe you're thinking, well, I send good money to Bob. Then what's going on with the money? I can just tell you this. That's the results we're getting. And the, the ministry is expanding. More and more people are watching it. The amount of people watching it are. And I get all these incredible letters too of how lives are being changed just by watching the broadcast. So I'm simply telling you, your money's going to good work. And if you don't support the broadcast, you're not one of my partners and you've been watching for some time and love this broadcast, there is your confirmation to join me. You don't have to have a voice from heaven. Some of you, you know, you know inside you're supposed to it. Others, you know that you prayed and God told you to do it, but you're not doing it. I'm simply saying, you don't necessarily even have to have a voice from heaven. Is this something you want to do? As you purpose in your heart, then begin to give. I'm not telling you how much to give. That's between you and God. But the point of it is all that put together, we can use it to keep expanding. So I'm just, listen, I'm trusting God that many of you that are watching right now want to become a partner with me and will become a partner with me. So go to bobyandian.com. You'll find a place there on the website for to become a partner with me. And listen, join me. In fact, Father, I pray for them right now. Holy Spirit, you're speaking to their heart. And I ask right now, as they become a partner with me, that Father, they're going to see the results of that in their own life, plus a boldness to minister to other people's lives. And I give you praise for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Can't wait to hear from you. Let's take a look at Isaiah 10, 27 again. We finish with this verse in the first half. It says, the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. It takes the anointing of the Holy Spirit to break a yoke. And that yoke can be sin. 
and it can be sickness, it can be certain habits in your life, but it says the yoke that'll be destroyed is because of the anointing. Trust the Holy Spirit and trust the word of God. This is why Jesus went to the cross was not only to redeem us from sins, but so we can be anointed with power and that power is the power of the Holy Spirit that destroys yokes in our life. Plus when we pray for other people, it destroys yokes in theirs. Jesus did not pray for the sick or the demon possessed. He spoke deliverance to them. Oftentimes people say, well, you don't pray whenever you you know, minister to the sick. Well, sometimes I do, but most of the time I just curse the demonic oppression and I curse the sickness or the disease. Let's take a look at it. Luke chapter four and verse 33 through 35, these three verses, look at this. Jesus spoke to a demon. It says, in the synagogue, there was a man who had a spirit of an unclean demon. And he cried out with a loud voice saying, leave us alone. What have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Are you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. And Jesus rebuked him saying, not the man, Jesus rebuked the demon, saying, hold your peace and come out of him. And when the demon had thrown him in the midst, he came out of him and heard him no more. The Greek word for rebuke is epitimao. Epi means above. We get epitome from that. Tamao means to view or to look upon. It means simply to look down on. And then Jesus spoke from that position, so he spoke down to it. What's he simply doing? From a higher vantage point, he is speaking to Satan. What does that mean? When we got born again, Satan's under our feet. We've been elevated above Satan's kingdom because now Satan is under the Lord Jesus Christ's kingdom. And since we're in Christ, he's below us. Jesus simply looked at this person and he spoke to him. And this is the demon he spoke to not the man. He spoke to the demon and told him, hold your peace and come out of him. And the demon did the same thing. This is how Jesus spoke to a demon. Remember this, some sicknesses are demon controlled and are actually come from demons. And there are demons that come and bring sickness into us. But there's also just regular sicknesses in this earth that came through the curse that came on Adam and it's built into nature. It's around us, it's in the air. And so it still came from Satan, but it's not in, a, in the form of a demon itself. And here we find Jesus spoke to a fever. In Luke chapter four, take a look at these two verses, 38 and 39. It says, he, that is Jesus, arose out of the synagogue and entered into Simon's house and Simon's wife's mother, this is Peter's mother, was taken with a great fever and they requested him for her. And he stood over her and rebuked the fever. Notice in the previous one, he rebuked the demon. In this case, he rebuked the fever. Why is that important? Because again, it's the same word, epitemao. He spoke down from a higher vantage point. He spoke down because from a higher vantage point, he evaluated it and looked down upon it, then spoke down to it. And he spoke to the fever and it left her and immediately she arose and ministered to them. If demons are removed by speaking and rebuking, then they can hear. Now that's obvious. I mean, I've cast devils out of people. One lady came down in a prayer line when I was in uh, Colorado stiff as a board. I mean, she would, I mean, you couldn't budge her. And when she got down there, the ushers were asking her to take a step forward because she was back too far. And I mean, they tried, she would not, she wouldn't even acknowledge they were there. They pushed and pushed and she was like a boulder there. They couldn't move her at all. She was not, I mean, there was enough around her to push, but they couldn't control her. They couldn't make her move. And so anyway, I went up to her and I rebuked the demon that was on her. It was obvious she had a demon in her. And I mean, that demon just didn't say anything. It just, she just stared at me. And I said to the Satan, I said to the demon, I said, turn loose of her. 
I want to talk to her. And suddenly she looked at me and I said, do you want this demon that's in you? And she said, no. I said, okay, close your eyes again. She did. And that demon took control of her again. I could just see it. And I said, Satan, she doesn't want you. And I don't want you. And God doesn't want you. In the name of Jesus, leave her. And suddenly like that. And she just loosened up. I mean, and the ushers could just move her around so easy and sit her back down. I talked to the pastor some two years later and said, that woman that was healed that night, he said, she's working in the church with us. He said, she's in working around in the different classes and stuff. He said, she's a great blessing. Look at what happened. So again, if demons are removed by speaking and rebuking, then they can hear us. And again, I spoke to the demon and rebuked that demon, not the lady, the demon. If sickness is removed by speaking and rebuking, then it can hear. Circumstances, and Jesus identified them as trees that can be cast into the ocean or mountains that can be cast into the ocean. If circumstances are removed by speaking, then circumstances can hear. Romans 8, 31 says this, what shall we then say to these things? Notice we've talked to demons, we've talked to sickness, now we talk to things. What are things? They are the circumstances of life. And they're found here in verse 35. Romans 8, 31 says, what will we say to these things? And verse 35 lists them. Tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, that's extreme, uh, hardships in life where your life is in danger and sword, that is war. And what are we supposed to say? What should we then say to these things? It even tells us what to say to them. If God is for us, you cannot be against us. Who can be against us? In other words, it's saying we can speak directly to tribulation in our life, problems, distress, persecution, famine. When we're short on food, what are we supposed to do? Speak to the situation, nakedness, lack of clothing, peril, again, extreme danger in life and sword when we go to war. What are we supposed to say? We say to these things, if God be for me, famine, you cannot be against me. Nakedness, you cannot be against me. Peril, you cannot be against me. Distress, you cannot be against me. Speak to the circumstances of life. And this is again the power of what God has given to us through the Holy Spirit. Sickness and demons are removed through the same anointing of power. So whether it's sickness causing that's in the person and it comes through the natural things of life, uh, germs floating through the air, anything like that, or, or maybe from the parents on down to a child, or whether it comes directly from a demon inside of them, they are both removed through the same anointing of power. Acts 19 verses 11 and 12, it says, God wrought or produced God produced special miracles by the hands of Paul so that from his body were brought to the sick handkerchiefs or aprons and the diseases departed from them and the demons were cast out of them. Oh, wonderful things right there in those verses of scripture. So again, the spirits went out of them, the demons went out of them. Again, let me point out to you, from his body were brought to the sick handkerchiefs or aprons. Churches still do this today. We did it at our church. There's times we had a healing service. I'd lay hands on people. The ushers would lay hands on people. The counselors would lay hands on people. But at the end, I said, if any of you brought... Uh, handkerchiefs tonight. And I told them before, bring a piece of cloth, bring handkerchiefs tonight, put your name on it. Cause I don't want one person running out there grabbing them all and taking them. I want your name on it. So you'll know which one is yours. And so they would bring them up. And, and all of us that were up front that were laying hands on people, we all laid on that. And we took authority over sickness and disease. And oh, the testimonies that came out of that as they took them to people in hospitals, they took them to people in mental institutions, they took to people in, in prisons. What a wonderful thing it was. And so the same anointing that Paul had on that day 
and they laid they laid claws on his body, received that anointing like from Jesus. Remember that Jesus had that? A woman touched his clothing and she was made whole. The same thing happened when they took them to different people. So it comes back again to this. Does God send sickness? No. Jesus healed all who were oppressed of the devil. And Jesus did, is it for everybody? It is for everybody. Jesus healed them all. Matthew chapter 8, chapter 12, and Luke chapter 9. So think about this. If it comes from God, it's not an enemy, it's a friend. But listen, even the world calls cancer an enemy. Heart disease an enemy that we are overcoming. Father, in the name of Jesus, for all those that are watching right now, I curse sickness, I curse demonic forces in them. And Father, right now they receive your healing power like the blind receive their sight. These people simply open up and receive your healing power. And I expect miracle testimonies in the days to come. In Jesus' name. Amen. See you tomorrow. You can order resources, become a partner, or browse free articles and podcasts. You can also join our mailing list and receive weekly devotions and the latest ministry updates. Visit bobyandian.com. To contact us by mail, use the address on your screen. Thank you for watching today's broadcast. We'll see you next time on Student of the Word with Bob Yandian.